Welcome to the Uncommonly Made Podcast, where we bring people together to create connections and build relationships. Thank you for tuning in to the Uncommonly Made Podcast. My name is Carrie Savaya, and I am your host. Don't forget, if you like this episode, to be sure to subscribe, share with your friends, and write a review. If you'd like to find me on social media, you can go to Instagram at csavaya, C-S-A-V-A-I-A, or at Uncommonly Made Wellness. My website is also uncommonlymadewellness.com. Today, I'm joined by Harrison Marr. Our conversation includes details around how Harrison went from being detained in the United States to a life of helping others on their journey to self-love. His voice comes to us with lots of compassion, tons of empathy, and at the end of the conversation, he leads us through a really powerful breathwork series. So be sure to tune into the end and enjoy the episode. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Harrison Marr, and I'm very excited about this. Um, We met on Clubhouse, and Clubhouse has been an interesting experience that we've both been able to identify with, learn from, and hopefully grow our voice through. So Harrison, welcome to the Uncommonly Made podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so so excited slash, slash nervous and all the things. I'm ready to talk and be here with you. Great. Well, again, thank you. I, you have a pretty diverse background and I look forward to getting to know you from your words. Um, the research that I did shared with me that you've completed training through the Czech Institute and Correct. you're a yoga teacher. And Correct. from what I understand, you're a breathwork teacher. Correct. Personal trainer. Yep. What am I missing? Uh, I think I think that's all the main ones. Um, oh, I do do a lot of so it, I would count it in the meditation field as well. But um, I do uh, experiment and hold space for people to do uh, light light therapy. So it is a it is a form of meditation, but it's a very deep form of meditation. So I use something called uh, a Lucia light, and it's basically a big lamp looking sort of thing that uses photobiomodulation and different life light frequencies to induce um, deep meditative states that otherwise would be quite difficult and take the user multiple meditation practices to reach very fascinating i did Mm -hmm. see that on your instagram and at first i thought it was just a traditional light like perhaps some kind of light therapy with a ceiling fan buzzing above it. I didn't understand the strobe <laughs> effect. So thank you for explaining that. I'll look forward to diving into that a little bit more with you. Um, and then also you're located in Australia. Tell me where you are. So I live in a pretty small town on the East Coast. It's called Coffs Harbour. So it's, uh, for people that don't know, there's Sydney and Brisbane. And then in the east, on the east coast, you have Byron Bay. For people might know that. And then I'm about an hour or two south of Byron Bay on the east coast. And it's a small community, right? Relatively, yeah. It's a very it's a it's like a tourist um, destination where people come and uh, holiday, but then don't really stay. <laughs> very fun. I lived in Florida, so I understand that transient. It's it's very. Um, it's very similar to Florida and a lot of the different areas like that beachy sort of coastal surf vibe. Yeah. Very cool. 
sounds similar to this, the areas in Costa Rica that I've been, but yeah, Australia is a bucket list place. And as I continue to network with Australians, I hope to have places to visit one day. Of course. We can't, I can't wait to have you when the world goes back to normalcy. Wonderful. So are you born and raised in that same area? Uh, yeah, sort of. So I spent half my uh, childhood on a, on a farm uh, in the Canberra area, so a bit further south of me. And then when I was 12, 13, moved here to the beach. And yeah, so half my childhood on a farm, half, half the rest of it on this beachy area, and now I'm at Auckland. What wonderful influences to be partially raised on a farm and partially raised on a beach. That's pretty balanced. Yeah, I think so. Like, <laughs> there's only really something that I've um, recently looked back on and connect the dots with in terms of who I am now, right? That, that balanced lifestyle of growing up on a farm and then moving to the beach and that sort of, you know, with, with the people that I work with, I really promote that sort of just subconsciously. Just, it comes out of me to, to find that balance and that connection to nature. And looking back, it, it comes from that. It comes from just how I grew up and how it was just part of my life uh, on a normal basis. Yeah, very neat. Were your parents farmers or did you just happen to live on a farm? <laughs> um, I think if you asked my dad, he would say he was one, but it was more of a, a hobby farm that we, that again, I was lucky enough that my parents just wanted to expose us to that, expose us to that life, expose us to the animals, um, sort of chickens and and that sort of growing our own food and experimenting with all that sort of stuff so more of a more of just a sort of open-minded curiosity is where it started I love that and do you find that um, perhaps maybe that region in the country is more apt to natural living in that way or holistic living in that way or do you think it's unique to your family dynamic or what I'm just really curious about how it might compare to what I'm used to in the United States. Yeah. So I would, <laughs> I would say, yes, I would say that's that, that um, sort of uh, definition of it is pretty accurate. Like there are obviously very big cities in Australia and lots of, you know, sort of urban living, but we have such a small uh, population size compared to the U S but yeah. relatively the same land space. And it is mostly that it is mostly sort of being on the farms, being out in nature, being on the beach, being in the forest, like it is mostly that. And yeah, I think it's a good, uh, that's what I'm very grateful about for being Australian and being and living here. It, it did again, take me time to realize that. But um, yeah, I think it, it's a huge component and I, it does link into that holistic healing. It just from my perspective and my growth. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I would say it does for others as well. When you did your studies through the Czech Institute, did you do the online versions of those or did you come to the US and study in San Diego or did he, does he have programs there in Sydney? Uh, so first of all, I'm gonna say, no, I didn't do it in person. I would have loved to, like that's definitely on my bucket list as I progress deeper into the Institute and qualifications wise. Mm -hmm. um, I did do it online, but they do have uh, live sessions here in Australia too. Like there is like a Southeast Asian Oceana campus. That's awesome. So it's, it's global at this state. Yeah, very cool. I'm fairly new to learning about the Institute, but fascinated by what Paul Check has created through it. And so world-renowned, uh, extraordinary man. And the programming is so diverse and there's just so much to appreciate about the, the teaching and the learning that, that can be established through that organization. 
Yes. So I feel like we could have a whole other podcast just talking about this alone. But um, <laughs> yes, I'm so appreciative of it. Like it's so um, complex and dense that the, the scope of just areas that that holistic mindset reaches just in general, but through his lens yeah. and him as a person, again, I haven't met him. It's on my list, but uh, just I consume his podcast religiously and that's what got me into the Institute and then being in the Institute, having been in contact with other practitioners. It's just a, it's, it's, it's just full on in the best of ways. It's just, yeah. there's so much there and it's so, like, it's funny for me, I, I came across him much earlier in life and it, and it didn't click. I was like, oh, this is a bit, this is a bit much. Like, right. I, it's a bit out there. Like, he's a very spiritual person. And then that's the, that spiritual base then leaches into all the other elements, the nutrition, mm-hmm. the movement, et cetera. And where I was at in my journey originally, that spiritual base wasn't there. So right. I saw that and I was put off by it, which then stopped me accessing the other elements. But now I've come to a place where my spiritual base is there. And now I see him in a totally different light, which again, just shows that our, our perception of the world is only ever on us. It's not the actual subject itself. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm so grateful for it coming and, and helping me express what I'm learning is my actual purpose and my reason for being here. Fascinating. I just had that conversation with my daughter today, my oldest daughter today about perception being reality and what she perceives to be the truth is what will be the truth. And it's really important to make sure that your mind and your, what you know is in balance um, because, Mm -hmm. and what you're being influenced by, it's really Mm -hmm. important and to stay open. And, you know, I can go as deep as a 13 year old will let me in that conversation, but I feel like she'll get it one day and it's all going to, all the dots will connect. (laughs) And and she will, right? Like, you, I mean, our role in general, not just with children, but is to, to be that shining light, right? Be that shining light that is there for that person, that young person, whatever, to come to and interact with. And we also need to accept that they're on their, their journey and yeah. we can be here to give them all the support and love that we can when they come to us. But also we have to be able to step back and be like, okay, you need to make the choices that you need to, to get to where you need to be. And if that yes. is a choice that does go against what my beliefs are, that's still okay because that's still your journey. Right. And I'm, and I'm going to be here when you fall down and you need support. I'm also going to be here when you're crying and happiness and joy. Yeah. So important to remember that. That's such a really, really important statement. Awesome. Well, you've given me a really great foundation on what's brought you here. I am curious, I'm older and I didn't come into the holistic health space space until I was much older after I had a couple of children who have been my greatest teachers that have really changed my body. They've changed my perception and changed my outlook on life. And that's when I really started to become open to the idea that what can heal me and what can complete me is a whole mind body experience. So coming into this later in life, I don't realize that there's young people who are already at this stage. And being that you are substantially younger than I am, I do just want to call attention to that because um, anytime I meet someone in their 20s, even early 30s, who are already here on their journey and influencing others in such an impactful way through holistic health, through spirituality, through breath work, through the light therapy that you were talking about, like... These to me are mind blowing things that do not 
I wasn't raised with. It wasn't in my everyday norm. So raised in the 80s and 90s with, you know, fast food and television and just a much different experience than farming and beach life and holistic health. What brought you to a point where you were like, I am passionate about personal training. I'm going to go this route. I'm passionate about holistic health. I'm going to go this route. What took you from being a child to being an adult practicing this work? Mm. So good question. <laughs> and this is also something that uh, I appreciate you, appreciate you asking because it is something that I am trying to answer for myself and really get the dots together because it is important, like you're saying. And I, I'm here. I'm here talking to you because something has happened. And what is that something, right? Um, so I did have that childhood that I alluded to, and um, you know, the farm and being on the beach. And it was I would call it a relatively normal and relaxed childhood. No, nothing major happening. It just I had a very loving parents and all the support up till about um, 18 is where I, things changed in terms of, I just, I, I needed to leave. I needed to, I felt like I needed to go out into the world and um, sort of find something in myself up to that point. Like I said, it was all very, it was wonderful. And, but I, I up to that point, I still didn't feel like I, there was something that was clicking with me. There was something that I could define as what I could talk about and what I could help people with and what I could just resonate with fully. And I, I like to call it, you know, I, I didn't have a love. There was no, there was no deep love for both myself and also for something that I wanted to pursue. So with that, I went out into the world looking for it externally. Like that first step for me was that externalization of that love and it must be in the external world. Right. So for me, that was a lot of traveling, which, it by itself is an amazing and I'm very grateful for the experience, but it led to very excessive amounts for me, like it, me identifying with it. I was that, I was that kid that had the backpack with all the, all the patches on it that defined where they'd been and where they'd gone. Yeah. Um, whether it be uh, women for me, I, I, I set my identity and the people that I got to spend time with and sleep with and alcohol, drugs, um, I, did, I wouldn't say I was overly excessive with all of it, but I definitely got to a point where I was being defined by all those things. And there was no, <clears throat> there was no self-identity and love for myself, just a, a, a sort of mirror version of me in all those. And um, all of these small steps led to a point where I did hit a wall. I did hit a wall of I couldn't find anything anymore. When we do externalize our love, we do get hits, right? That's where it starts. We, we get a hit of something and we, we think that is long-term because it feels good in that moment. It feels, it feels amazing in that moment. It feels pleasurable and desirable and all the good stuff, but that has a limit when it's external. It has, a, it has an end point and all of it came to one end point. It all came to one wall where I hit. And a big part of that was I, um, I was actually, uh, I was detained in the US. I was, I was going to the US to continue this life of externalization. And um, at the point in time, it, it was a lot of, uh, I saw it as very just because I'd made a lot of uh, deep connections in the US specifically. And my main, 
reason was to go there and be with them and to feel that love with them because it wasn't there with me. And I, I got there, got to, um, got to the US, got to the customs line that I'd been in so many times before. And I got to the officer and he took my, took my passport and he took me into this back room. And uh, long story short, the next two days I'd spent in this area of the airport being questioned and uh, sort of looked deeper into for the reasoning I was there and all those sort of things. And it was, it was, it was quite traumatic, right? I, I, I felt like something I was not. I felt like a criminal. I felt like a, a, I felt like a bad person. Mm-hmm. And innately in my soul, even though it wasn't shining bright at that point, I knew that wasn't the truth. But my external world, which up to that point had been telling me the exact opposite, it had been telling me all the good things, was now telling me the opposite. It was now telling me all these bad things. And my identity that I'd set on that was now feeling that. And it was a lot. I, I ended up being put on a plane and going back home, back to Australia on another 32-hour flight. Wow. And this culmination of this event and everything leading up to it really caused me to, the only place I could go was inside, right? There was no other option, right? There was no other way. There was, I had no access to these friends. I had no access to the sex or the alcohol or drugs. I mean, I, I could if I wanted to, but at this point I knew that there was nothing there for me. Yeah. And that's where it really began, right? It really began with this internal reflection and seeing that, the food that I can eat can give me this sense of self-love. The, the way I move my body can give me this sense of self-love. The way I treat my sleeping patterns, the way I monitor my stress, the way I recover my body, whether through yoga or breath work or a deep meditation, that can really tune me into something that's deep inside that has that self-love there. And it's still a process. I'm not complete and I don't think I ever will be, but it's, it's gotten me a lot further than any, all those years of things combined. Right. And, and then ending this, I don't want to keep talking, but I, you talked about how I felt like I needed to give that to others. I came to the realization that this, I'm not, I'm not special. I am a unique expression of God or consciousness or whatever your name for it is. Mm -hmm. But the way that I got to that unique expression isn't, unique and everyone can get there it's just a matter of time support and enough space holding for that person to be nurtured mm-hmm. and that's where that that next step came for me to be, wait a minute I, I can do that I can give that to people fascinating so it sounds like the interrogation process was your rock bottom and that's what it took for you it really was it again there were a lot of like little little yeah. things going wrong up to that part, but it wasn't enough. It was the last straw on the, on the camel's back that really yeah. broke it. I find that um, rock bottoms look so different for each individual and what your experience was, um, was yours. And for somebody else that could look very different, but the, the key is that the rock bottom has to take place in order for there to be change. And I want, I would love to be a part of 
or to, to find a story or to meet someone who didn't have a rock bottom to get to <laughs> this place. Like, like, let me hear that story because it would be so fascinating. But the most powerful, the most powerful redemption stories come from some sort of a breakdown in the middle. And it's, it's also interesting when I think about that concept and then watch TV and that every movie is based on that process and every story <laughs> is written with that same. That's the hero's just, journey. Right? Yes. And we're on it. We're on our own journey. And that's going to happen. Like there might even be another dip in our lives, but now we know we can get out of it mm. because we love ourselves enough to do it. Right. And mm. I love how you said that you are, you're not complete yet. And I, 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 I only challenge you to say that you are complete now, but you might not be completed in your mm. process, but like in mm. the right now, Yes. Am I complete? And I think that's a really great question that maybe people can ask themselves when they're going through their day-to-day. -day. Like, how do I feel today? And, and that's something that was introduced to me actually through Clubhouse and the way that sometimes people will end their statement with, instead of I'm done or mm. I'm finished speaking, they'll say I'm complete. And it's gotten me thinking, <laughs> thinking recently. And then you just use that phrase right now. So of course my wheels are spinning, but... You might be complete right now in this moment, but your journey is not complete. You have yes. so much more to give and to learn and to grow through. Totally agree. Totally agree. Thank you for sharing that story. I know that sometimes it can be really hard to be vulnerable. And right now it's just you and I, and I, I just really appreciate you allowing me to, my ears to be, um, I guess, a witness to your experience. So thank you. Thank you for asking it. It's something that I haven't really... I've definitely talked about it before. Um, we were talking off air uh, before this started about a ceremony that I went through and uh, it was connected to that as well. So talk, that was the first time that story came up, but I haven't, this was actually the first time I've articulated it in the, in the order of things and sort of where I'm at now with everything that I'm giving and doing in my business and things and really connecting it to that and seeing and feeling it. And I know it has a place because I can tell when you ask me that and me talking to it, like my hands are shaking, right? And that, that vulnerability, that's real. I can't fake that. That's not something I can put on and uh, like uh, cover up authenticity. It's something you can't fake. So I just, yeah. I appreciate you giving me the space to just communicate it. Absolutely. I always um, am just fascinated by the younger generations really coming into this earlier because it's going to have a way longer impact not only on the quality of your life but the quality of anybody who has the opportunity to know you and i'm not it's not a comparison and i don't want this to be mm -hmm. taken that way but when i sit back and i think about where i'm at in my life i know that i still have a lot of years to not only learn but to also share and teach through so i'm not saying that anything derogatory about age it's just that i came to this space way later in life like so when I meet younger people, I'm like, wow, what? It took me so long to get there. How'd they get there so quick? That's incredible. And then what can I do as an older person to help inspire the younger generations to look within themselves for that love and that care sooner, if possible? What you can do is you can bestow all the amazing amounts of knowledge you've gained from that point up to that, up to there, right? Like it's, Yes, right. Yes, I've gotten to this space earlier, but you've lived so much more life than what I have, right? And in life, 
it's not just the good moments that are educating us. It's, it's the downs and the rock bottoms, bottoms that we just articulated. They're the ones that give us the most insight. And just by living more time on this earth, statistically, you're going to have more opportunities to run into those rock bottom, bottoms to then gain wisdom from. So when yeah. you ask, what can I give to this younger generation? It's that, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's the education and the wisdom and the growth that's come through your life and the lens, right? You talked about your daughter and the things that you're giving to her. That's what you're giving to her. That's what you're giving to the younger generation. Yes, I can give her some of those things too, but you're, you're living your unique life in a longer duration. So you're just statistically going to have more to talk about. So yeah. it's, I think you're right. There's no point in comparing because either way, at whatever lens you look at it, there's going to be value and there's going to be growth. Right. Yeah, thank you for pointing me back and the appropriate lens there. I appreciate that. I look forward to continuing to inspire others too, which is why we're here. Um, all right. So shifting gears and again, thank you. Like, I just want to honor that whole conversation and just honor the space that you shared it in. And I just so much appreciate it. So that's the background. That's kind of like the leading up to where we are now. Do you happen to embody any type of a mission or a vision that you have set forth for perhaps your business model, or maybe that's mm. your way of life that's turned into your business model. And mm. what is that? Mm. Thank you for that question. Um, so again, this is something that's constantly evolving, right? But where I'm at now with it is I, my mission is to heal and empower holistically. Right. So it's to give people the tools and the, the practices and the space holding to to practice improving their, their mindset their nutrition, their movement, their sleep, their recovery and stress management to really upscale all those things to come to a more vibrant and a holistically healthy body. But to use that in itself, that holistic health as a tool as well to unlock this self-love right? As it's been for me and all the things that I've done up to this point that I've unlocked in myself through those exact same things, those I aim to give to others for this long-term goal. Well, not even long-term, like, like life pursuing goal of something that's always going to keep coming up and strengthening is that self-love. So it's, it's a combination of that. It's the, it's the mission of the holistic health and, and strength and confidence tapping into a well of self-love that we can all express. Do you currently have a model by which you deliver that? Or do you primarily work one-on-one -on -one with individuals and then kind of intuitively weave that very special work into those sessions? Mm. So both. So um, up till about a month ago, I was doing all just uh, in person. So I was doing a lot of standard personal training sessions and weaving in all this stuff the breath work, the mindsets, spiritual stuff. Um, I was also doing, I've been, I've been changing and modifying over the last year and a bit. Uh, so one-on-one -on -one sessions also now include meditation and breath work and uh, a lot of yoga, a lot of actual just standard functional strength training. But now I've gone into the online world where, you know, I've got so much knowledge in my head that I wanted to build a structure around it and build a program. So I am, I am offering a six-month uh, coaching program that does hit on all those elements of the, you know, the mindset, the movement, nutrition, sleep, 
stress management, all those things to with that self-love goal as the main objective and just a space holding on the way there. So teaching, educating, holding space, opening up self-love. Is that program self-led or do you meet with your participants on a regular basis via video or live conversation? So it's both. So it's, okay. it's, it's self-led, like the education piece and um, weekly uh, meetings with me. So it's both individual and group-based um, Q&A formats, space holding formats where people can just, like you and me right now, just communicate and, and express what's coming up. And then I articulate, translate and support if needed. Um, and then, yeah, so a bit of both. And that's live now on your website? Yes. Yeah, it's live Incredible. now. And I'm taking taking um, consultations and anyone that's interested. It's obviously, it doesn't apply to everyone. Uh, it's more sort of the process of doing it and getting into it. I really want to connect with the person because it's not like you, like we've articulated so far, everyone is on a different stage of their journey and some people aren't ready for it. So I really um, promote a sort of discussion beforehand where I, I can talk to you face to face and feel you and get to that space holding space. And then when it feels right, we move forward. If it doesn't, I come back later. Incredible. So it's somewhat like an, it's not necessarily an interview process, but there's like an application and a process yes. of getting to know yes. somebody first. Um, yes. So if somebody's interested, they can go and apply or, or request information from your website and go from there. Yeah. So I have both, I would recommend um, going to my website and going to the session stage where there's, uh, you can apply for a form and a meeting or just shooting me a message on all social and we can go from there. Yeah. You're pretty punctual with responding to messages <laughs> I try, that's appreciated I at least for well, now well yeah at, le at least for now but i i have the mindset of you know I, it it does it means a lot to me to be on time when when my when my life is running really well so i like to express that with the people i interact with as well what a value so i'm curious what do you think the world needs more of Hmm. Good question. <laughs> uh, definitely the self-love piece, but let's mix it up and say, I think vulnerability, uh, I think vulnerability is definitely needed. Uh, just in my short time that we've known each other uh, in, in just in the clubhouse platform, I've really seen my own vulnerability and the, the value and rewards that come from it and the opportunities that come from it and the, the love and support that comes from it. And I think from what I see in the world, there's a lot of us that um, can see vulnerability as a weakness. We can see it as, you know, we need to be strong and confident and, and be doing and be accomplishing and be achieving. And when we're not, when we're, when we're weak and vulnerable and at a place of uh, not going all the time, then it's not only seen as weak and something we don't want, but anything that can come from that state is also pushed to the side as well. And just talking to you now, right? I'm not thinking, I'm not, there's no logical tick boxes being ticked in my head with the things that I wanna accomplish with this call. It's just things flowing from a vulnerable state. And I think that is needed. I think that is, can be applied to all contexts, to all people, obviously in a safe uh, environment and in a way that you're supported and loved but if we can apply that to our lives and in, in, in every interaction we have, I think 
you know, the sky's the limit. Vulnerability is such a powerful skill to, I say skill, I don't know if it's a skill, but it's a powerful mm. piece of who we are that has been shut down so much by whatever proponent of society you want to bring into the conversation. I know that in our culture growing up um, from the, the parents and the generation that I grew up, the parents were very much role-based where, you know, there were defined roles and men often were subjected to showing weakness if they were vulnerable. And that breaks my heart. I think that's a big issue with modern day relationships. I think the way that the male and woman communicate with one another was broken by that system. And I so look forward to that changing and mm. vulnerability is the place, the key into that shift. And relationships are a big passion point for, for me personally and healing relationships of any kind, childhood all the way up through um, relationships are paramount. How we relate to each other, how we relate, relate to our children, healing the child wounding, healing past traumas through relationships, all the way up to building foundational core relationships in the present and taking them into the future. And I think that when that self-love piece was broken somewhere or not curated early on, then that's really the core issue that needs to be healed and, and vulnerability needs to come from that place so that the healing can take place, so that if you can build a relationship with yourself, then you can know how to even remotely love another person. So I love that you mentioned vulnerability, that the world needs more of that, because I 100% agree with you. And just to add on to what you're, just to add on to what you're saying with the, with the relationship, piece, I totally agree. I think, I think there's two kinds of relationships. There's, there's the two people that aren't connected into that self-love and are seeking it in, in each other, right? And then there becomes a dependency and like any sort of, you know, drug, right? There's a dependency issue and there's not a deepening of their own um, connection to self. And then there can be a relationship where there's two sovereign beings that do have that deep connection to self that love, that love themselves, but then are together loving each other, loving themselves. So it's, it's that second option is far less of a percentage and I think they need, there's a shift coming where that's becoming more and more. And it's conversations like this that I think help that. Absolutely. And I think it's really important for men to represent men well and to <laughs> be the voice for each other and to hold space for each other and really come into that vulnerability. And then the same for women. I think there's this conceived notion that women being emotional or showing vulnerable moments means that they have that skill set. I think that there is a big need for women to support women in the same capacity. It just looks different because we're different. We're designed differently. And women definitely need to also allow men to be vulnerable and to bring safety into the conversation around um, having hard conversations. I think women have an expectation that they want men to be able to speak and share and be vulnerable, but then not necessarily know how to hold space for them. So there's that self-love mm -hmm. piece where if they can really connect to self, learn what that even means in the first place. I didn't know what that meant when I was 25. So learn what that means in the first place and then collaborate, 
equally on that relationship before even entering into it so that everybody's on kind of the same playing field. If you're trying to play soccer with a football team, it's not going to work. Just kind of make it all blend together. It's a really unpoised way for me to explain my feelings <laughs> on that one. No, I think you nailed it. I think it's so important. I think it's a, another growth process and it's an accepting of the divine masculine and feminine in all of us. Like it's not, it's not a, a man is a whole masculine being and a, and a female is a whole feminine being. We are both right. and we need to balance those, those spirits and those energies within us, not only independently, but if we're in a relationship balancing, balancing them and how they interact with each other uh, as two people and how they're bouncing off each other and saying, okay, this is, this is my masculine side coming out, whether I'm a male or female, and right. this is how it's reacting to your feminine side or your masculine side. And what does that mean for our relationship? What does that mean for how I'm feeling right now? Mm-hmm. And what does it mean moving forward and growing together? And I think that communication needs to be there because that's, uh, that's love. That's, that's, that's a basis of it. Right. So talk to me about what holding space means and safety for the folks that might not get it since I didn't get it for so many years. I know that there's somebody who's going to listen to this. that's going to be like, what are they talking about? So how do you explain that to somebody that just doesn't get it? Good question. I'm, I'm, I'm loving sure. how this is. No, it, it, I'm loving how this is becoming such a, um, big part of what's coming through me is this idea of holding space and it's so important it's how I would explain it is we have both emotions specifically are this other are, are the element inside us that can sometimes cause us the most shifts in our current state right when we have a when we when there's anger or anxiousness or frustration or even sadness or even pure joy sometimes can can be quite um, can take over us and that's neither good nor bad but it needs a need it needs a space to flow and um, energy is really energy in motion right so if we think about what's coming through us if there is no space there for what's coming through us to release in the way that it wants to in that moment in that present moment we've talked about how that's the most uh, that's the only thing that's ever going to matter is this present moment if that present moment is blocked by a fear or an insecurity or a lack of time or having to just accomplish something and ignore it or whatever it is, whatever your, um, I, want, I feel like I want to say excuse is, um, then that, that energy is not going to come in the way that it wants to. And it's going to come in another way. It's going to come, but it's not going to come in the form that is quote unquote healthy. So for me, creating space is, is, is making the time for that energy to flow in the way that it wants to in the present moment. So what does that look like? So that could be, you know, having a meditative state that you're in, that you just take a moment to stay still and, and be present with everything that's coming up. It could mean talking to someone. It could be someone coming in, like I do this with my sister a lot. Like she comes, uh, she mentions, can you hold space for me? And she comes over and I just sit there and listen to everything that's coming out of her mouth. I don't need to respond but I'm, I'm constructing a space that is, is holding and caring for the energy that's flowing through her. So she feels safe to let go. Right. Um, It could be breath work, right? I I call breath work. I would count that as holding space too, because you're using the power of your breath 
to facilitate the energy to, to move. If anyone's ever done a deep breathwork session, gone deep with it, you can feel that energy moving, whether it's through shaking or whether it's through tears or whether it's through emotions that are coming up, breathwork is facilitating it, it's creating that space. So it's defining what that space holding is for you and then implementing it in a way that allows that energy to flow naturally. Love it. The picture you painted with your sister, I think is very relatable just being able to be there for someone when they say, I've had a rough day and I need to unload. Do you have space for that today? And then you can, you can decide, you know what? I had a rough day. I don't have space for that today. Or yes, I can safely 100% sit with you and hold space for you. And powerful gift that you offer to people or that people can offer to other people is being able to to identify, yes, I can, or no, I can't too. I think, mm. I think that's a, yeah. a key piece. Yeah. A lot of people take on too much thinking they mm. should when yes. the boundary setters are like an idol mm. of mine for years. I didn't <laughs> understand what that meant either. And then being able to really understand that holding space for someone within the boundaries that you can, can. is mm. crucial and understanding mm. what that balance looks like. Cause otherwise it's just setting everybody up for hurt it's i was just i was just having a conversation with this about this about this idea of like giving right giving i.e in this context of giving space for someone to go through the things they need to go through but also how are you receiving how are you are you ready for the receiving are you open to the receiving or are you not ready for the receiving that's an important question to ask yourself in this space holding conversation but in life in general Right? It's a balance of giving and receiving. And we both have uh, like a, a, a spectrum of that based off where we are throughout our days. Right? And it's mm-hmm. being conscious enough and self-loving enough to check in with you and say, okay, this is where I'm at right now. I can, I can receive this, take it on and not let it fester within me. Because that's when we are talking about space holding and this flow of energy, it is very easy to take on someone else's energy that they're releasing. Right? And if you're in a state where you aren't prepared or you're, you're, you're weak and you're low on your own um, uh, vital energy, then you can take that on and then that impacts you. So it's, it's a fine game, but it starts with self-awareness and sort of checking in with yourself and on both sides. Absolutely. I heard somebody ask a question recently. I'm wondering if it was in one of your clubhouse rooms now that I'm kind of tracing it back in my brain. It might've even been today. So the question was posed around if someone is wanting to develop a system for this self-love growth or self-awareness, how do you kind of counsel somebody through that? And I was thinking about this question because I can automatic, I'm very logistical and, um, outline oriented and I can be like, do, 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 do this, 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 and this, and then you're on the path to greatness. But really it's about setting the intention, holding the space, mm. bringing energy to it, and then doing things like building self, self-awareness. If you don't already have that practice in place, doing things like journaling, like mm. learning how to sit with yourself alone for one minute at a time and see what comes up. I don't know that the majority of our present day society knows how to do that. We've been conditioned to go, 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 constantly move. And so just the, the practice of sitting still with yourself 
writing down thoughts, energetically allowing yourself to hold space for yourself even without fear and judgment. Like how, how often do we judge ourselves in the process mm-hmm. and how beautiful it can be when we develop those self-awareness practices to identify what our needs are so that then we can even say, hey, friend, I have this really intense need right now. And I'm wondering if you can help me through this and hold space for me. If you don't even know what that looks like, then it's going out into the world and adding to the chaos. And that that doesn't help heal. Mm -hmm. So it's that's why I sort of I um, combine those two elements in the in the work that I do in the program that I have. It's it's the combination of not just all the practices, right, that are all um, they're going to help. Right. And they're going to give you value and they're going to help shift certain elements of your life, whether that be through your sleep, your eating, your movement, et cetera. But it's, hold, but it's combining the holding space with that to both realize, okay, what is this doing in my body? What is this doing in my spirit? How is this handling with my emotions? And do I need to tweak it? Do I need to add more of it? Do I need to change it on this day versus the other day? It's, we, aren't, we aren't fixed beings. And this right. is the other side of things that really I'm passionate about with this whole holistic health. It's not a copy-paste do all the healthcare practices and you're going to get to the self-love or you're going to get to the the weight loss or whatever your goal is. It's you taking these things in and seeing how they resonate with you uniquely. And it's, it's that space holding that allows that, that process to occur, allows that analysis, allows that self-reflection, self-awareness to, to interact with that practice and realize, yes, this is, this is working or yes, this isn't working. Now, how do I move forward from here? Yeah. And today I might be different than tomorrow and next week Mm -hmm. I might be different than I was yesterday. And that piece of it too, and understanding that we are energy in motion and we got to roll with that process. Fascinating conversation. I love where this has gone. Out of all of the experiences that you've shared already, I'm curious if there's been one person or being who has kind of been the most inspirational for you on your journey. Mm. And there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm, I'm practicing trying to feel into this and it's, it's definitely something that uh, is constantly changing. Like I'm, I'm the sort of person that is just voracious with learning things, right? I'm sure you are too. And that's, I think that's where we uh, bond over is this idea of just improving ourselves through knowledge and, and, a side effect of that is, you know, you said at the start about how um, your your five people in your life, you know, is your family right now, right? Is the people you're exposed to, and my life, I would is exactly the same minus the family. It, what what ha- what it is for me is the podcast that I listen to, right? It's the, the people that I keep hearing on the and that voice that I play in my head every day. So, uh, a side effect of that is is that it's constantly changing because I'm exposing myself to all those things. But right now, what I would say it's definitely Paul check. Like it's just, we've talked about this at the start of the conversation, but I cannot um, over underestimate, overemphasize whatever it is, the impact he's had on my life and just how much I connect to his teachings and the way he lives. And it's, and I'm sure you've experienced this when you really connect with someone you start um, not mimicking, but you start voicing the, the, the values that they live by. And that happens with a lot of different people. But for him in my life right now, it's just like everything 
he's saying is just connecting with my deep knowing and it's just the values are coming up with me. It's like, yep, I align, yep, I align. And then, and then it's, it's taking those values and his perspectives coming into my being and then adding my nuance onto it and then that's coming out in my life. So it's, I would definitely say it's him right now. And, and yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with it. That's what's coming up for me. Thank you for sharing. I'm really fascinated more about their programming through that institute. And I don't know where my future teachings are going to come from. I listen to a ton of podcasts too, and I soak in as much data as I can when I can. I'm going to definitely tune into more there in his podcast. I haven't absorbed it to the capacity that you have, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I've already started looking, I think it was about six months ago or so. I started looking into to the Institute and trying to figure out whether or not I wanted to go down that path. Cause I have a holistic health uh, background. I'm certified through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I'm a nationally board certified health and wellness coach, but to learn more is like, there's never ending processes mm-hmm. there. And I just want to keep learning as much as I can to bring as much value as I can. It sounds like he would be someone phenomenal to learn from. I would definitely recommend it and do what I did. Like I, so like I mentioned before, I was sort of on the edge based off where I was with my spirituality. And what really tipped me over that edge was um, listening to the podcast. I didn't know he had one. And then I realized he had one and it literally took me, I listened to one episode and then uh, like two weeks later, I'd listened to all a hundred episodes that had already been out, just how much (laughs) I clicked with it. Right. And it, it was from that, that I then, okay, I feel comfortable. I feel so connected that of course, anything that he offers is going to resonate with me. So I would definitely going down that route if that's what you do. Yeah, I'll be looking more into it. Yeah. So just to kind of get to a point where we can maybe start to wrap up the conversation, I'm wondering if I might be able to ask you to do something with me and then we're going to ask one final question and wrap. Mm -hmm. And I know that I am coming into this meeting today after a long day working. Perhaps some of our listeners might be listening to this after a long day work in their car ride home, running around chasing after kids, who knows where. Would you be willing and able to guide us through maybe just a minute of breath, of breath work and breathing? I'd love to. I'd like to slow down. So mm-hmm. I'm going to follow your lead and let you take the mic. Okay. So this, just to give a bit of context to it, um, this way of doing breath work is very uh, yogic based, but I also do it both uh, with clients and myself in the mornings to really ground myself and begin each day. And the name of the breathwork is Nadi Shodhana or alternative nostril breathing. Uh, it's pretty, um, pretty well known, but I think a lot of people just use it for, for yoga practices. And I, I found in my work that it's applicable to everything. And you're saying grounding yourself in that neutral state, it's really good for that. So I would start with closing your eyes and really grounding into mindfulness and feeling your body, feeling your belly, taking a quick inhale through the nose, into the belly, and then slowly out through the mouth. And then in through the nose again. And then slowly out through the mouth. And now we're going to grab our right thumb and block off our right nostril. And we're going to breathe in for three seconds with only the left nostril. So breathing in, blocking that left nostril, 
blocking both, holding, and then breathing out through the right nostril. Breathing in again through the right nostril. Blocking both. And then breathing out through the left nostril. And repeat, breathing in through the left nostril. Blocking. Breathing out through the right nostril. Breathing in through the right nostril. Blocking. Breathing out through the left nostril. One more, breathing in through the left nostril. Blocking, breathing out through the right nostril. Breathing in through the right nostril. Blocking and breathing out through the left nostril. Sitting with the breath for a moment. Really again, feeling, feeling the mindfulness. You can go for another couple of rounds if you feel that's good for you. But where, where this breath really comes in is our, our left nostril, our nostrils in general are connected to different parts of our brain. So the left, left nostril, right side of the brain, right nostril, left side of the brain. When we really consciously slow down and add air into both sides, we are able to balance the hemispheres and that can really ground us for any work or any processes we want to begin. That was it. That was, so I, I really like starting that every morning. That's I do it for about five minutes, two to five minutes. And uh, yeah, for me, it feels really grounding. It definitely allowed me to relax. I feel really um, present, but I also feel calm and at ease. And I feel, I feel more like my seat has me. Like before, <laughs> I think I was trying to hold myself up and I was maybe trying to like get comfortable, but like that totally allowed me to feel at ease and completely even safe in my own body. So thank you. You're so welcome. And I, I would add on to that, like nose breathing in general, let's just take the mouth out of it. Nose breathing in general is just it's so underrated. And there's so much going on in this area of our bodies that we are unaware of. On, unaware of. Um, for anyone that's interested, I would recommend the book uh, Breathe by James Nestor. It came out last year and it goes into the science of nose breathing and all the different mechanics of it. And uh, it's, just a, it's just an incredible piece of our system that I think we all need to really love a bit more and bring more awareness to. I love it. It's a great place to end, except that I have one final question, which is the end of every episode, how I like to just finalize things and wrap it all together in a neat package. What do you feel makes you uncommon? Mm. So this is an interesting question because it's something that I for a long time thought was a detriment to, to me and how I, how I give myself to the world. And it's a, it's a two-pronged answer. It's both 
my voice and uh, my ability to hold space with that voice. And I'm learning more and more the power of both these two elements, not by themselves, but coalescing together and what they're able to do, not just for me, but for the people that I'm lucky enough to support and guide. And it's really foundational. Like it's really, it's helping me have confidence in myself because I can get stuck in a state where I am in a very logical thinking mind, where I'm thinking about the foods and the movements and the breath work and the, the sleep and all these valuable things, but I can get lost in that. And I can feel like I can be defined by that again, right? But when I come back down to, this, to the voice that I have and the space holding ability that I have, it all feels okay. And it all feels not irrelevant, but it feels held up by something foundational. Incredible piece. Thank you for sharing and ending with that beautiful picture. So what I would like for you to do is to share your Instagram, your clubhouse and your website really quickly. I will put them in the show notes for anybody who goes there to retrieve data. But in my personal experience, I never go to the show notes. So if you just <laughs> shout it out really quick and let people know where they can quickly find you and then we'll finish up. Sure. Um, firstly, I just wanted to thank you for letting me be here with you. Like, uh, I haven't done many podcasts before and just you opening up your heart and allowing me to share this space with you has been an experience and it's really helped me craft my voice just in this hour that we've spent together. So I appreciate you for giving me this opportunity and reaching out for this connection. Um, uh, my social media, you can find me on all platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, uh, LinkedIn, at Harrison Ma, and that's Ma spelled M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Uh, my website is that same thing. So www.harrisonma.com. Um, I would encourage anyone that is interested in that program that we talked about earlier, the Body Love Blueprint, to both either go to my website and go to the session and you can find out more details of how to book a call with me or reach out on any of the platforms, send me a message and I would love to connect with you. Thank you so much for spending this hour with me. Your voice was heard beautifully and you shared so much of you. And I just thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of the future story. All the love, thank you. Mm -hmm.